Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. You can learn more about the church behind the program, how to contact us, and how to learn more about the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 called Solid and Sounding Forth God's Word. There's an application here for us in the modern day that we have a sphere of influence where we can relate to people who are in our similar situation. You know, Southern California living. Maybe they live at your company. Maybe you have a a similar background. Maybe you live on the same street. Maybe you work out at the same gym. Maybe you go to the same school. Whatever it may be. Maybe you play on a team or coach. And you're in a sphere where you have a chance to influence people with the gospel. And I would ask you, do you do that? Do you look for places to fish, to throw out the hook of the gospel so that people can be saved? Well, this was Paul's custom, verse 2, according to his custom, and I hope that you and I have one as well. He went to them into the synagogue, and for three Sabbaths, so he was there for at least three weeks, reasoned with them from the scripture. Now, the word reason there has the implication of dialogue. So it could be that they went back and forth, that Paul would uh, put something out and they would ask questions. And notice the dialogue was from the scriptures. It was anchored in the Bible. He was explaining and giving evidence. He would probably take a prophecy here, Psalm 22, Isaiah 53, something from the Old Testament that the Jews believed was uh, inspired scripture. Psalm 22, he could even go into the first five books of Moses. He could go to Genesis 3. He could go to other places where there's some shadows of the coming Messiah, Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. And he began to lay a prophecy out and explain or put it alongside a fulfillment. So it's something like this. This is what the language says. He would say something like this. Hey, hey, do you guys remember Isaiah 53 where it talks about the coming of this one who would bear our sins and our transgressions? Well, when Jesus died on the cross and he would lay aside, lay aside the fulfillment next to the prophecy and he had people's attention and he would begin to share with the Jews in that particular location, this, is, this Jesus fulfills that prophecy. Some years ago, I was in my office and there was a gal that came by and she was from Jerusalem, from Israel, and she was selling paintings. She was an exchange student here in the United States. And she said, hey, would you be willing to look at my paintings? And I said, yes, I'll look at your paintings if you'll listen to what I have to say. And so she showed me her paintings. They were very beautiful. She was a young lady, probably in college. And uh, she showed me them, and I appreciated her artwork. And then I explained the gospel of Jesus Christ to her. And I started with the Old Testament because I knew she was familiar with it. And I went to Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22, and I just began to say, this one that these prophecies are about has arrived in the person of Jesus Christ. And she listened, and she did not give her life to Jesus right there, but she heard the gospel. Some years ago, the first time we went to Israel, I was in Jerusalem at a pizza parlor, because I find pizza parlors wherever I travel. And we were there, and there was a Jewish man having lunch, and we struck up a conversation, and we began to share the gospel with him in this pizza parlor in Jerusalem. And over a slice of pizza, I began to tell him what the Bible says about the gospel and how Jesus died in our place and saves us from the wrath to come. And each time I would share about grace, he would say, so what you're saying to me is I have to do this, this, and this. And I'd say, no, the price has already been paid. So what you're saying to me is I have to do this. No, the price has already been paid in full. So what you're saying is if I would just, no, 
About the fifth time we went back and forth, this guy literally in the midst of a pizza parlor in Jerusalem said, do you see what they've done to me? We're like, dude, is it a spicy pepperoni or what? No, there's no pepperoni there. At least it's not pork. But anyway, here's the point. The point is he had a light bulb moment where I was trying to explain grace to him and he kept going back to works or to the law. And he agreed that he would go home and read the New Testament. Praise the Lord. I don't know what happened. We had one opportunity. We shared the gospel. At least I don't think he's going to forget that moment because he was slamming a table, unless he typically slams tables. I, I don't know. But the point is that Paul was sharing the hope of Jesus by sharing the prophecies. He explained the scriptures. He gave evidence that the Christ had to suffer. Verse 3, Acts 17, rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I, pro I am proclaiming to you is the Christ. He's the Messiah. Some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with a large number of God-fearing Greeks. They would have been in the synagogue as God-fearers, not in the immediate uh, Jewish crowd, but they were interested in the things of God. That's the God-fearing Greeks and a number of the leading women. But the Jews, and this may be the leadership, became jealous, becoming jealous, and taking along some wicked men from the marketplace formed a mob and set the city in an uproar, and attacking the house of Jason, they were seeking to bring them out to the people. When they did not find them, they began dragging Jason and some brethren before the city authority, shouting, these men have upset the world and have come here also. And Jason has welcomed them, and they all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar. This gets you in big trouble in Rome, saying that there is another king, Jesus. If you were thought to be seditious against Rome, it could cost you your life. They stirred up the crowd and the city authorities who heard these things. Uh, Thessalonica was considered a free city at this time. Remember, historically speaking, the Romans were dominating the world. Even Greek cities were now dominated by Rome. And sometimes cities were considered free cities for a number of different reasons. They may have helped the Roman cause. There's evidence that Mark Antony was strategic in making sure that Thessalonica became a free city. And so as a free city, they had the ability to mint their own coins. They had the ability to have a certain level of freedom in the Roman Empire. But if that got compromised, if it was heard in the authorities uh, in Rome that Thessalonica was now rebelling against the emperor, their status of a free city would be gone and Roman troops would now descend upon that city. Oftentimes as a free city, which Thessalonica was, you didn't have Roman occupation. You didn't have Roman troops. Those of you who have watched in uh, movies and read your Bible about Jerusalem at the time that, of Jesus and Paul, you know there was Roman occupation, especially uh, many troops during the holy days where there could be rebellion. Well, Thessalonica was a relatively free city, free of that, free of Roman soldiers, free of uh, some of the taxation that was typical uh, free to mint their own coins, have their own leaders, etc. Anyone who came in and made an accusation that they were, ha they were acting in rebellion against the emperor, against Rome, could compromise everything. It could get uh, authorities killed. It could compromise the status of the city. And so this is a big deal when someone says, these men are trying to say there's another king, and it's not the emperor. It's, a, it's one named Jesus. And so that's the tribulation or the stirring up when they had received a pledge from Jason, uh, verse 9, this pledge is probably, I will guarantee you that these two men will be out of the city 
uh, by nightfall or something like that. They'll be gone. He made a pledge and the others, they released them. The brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went, would you notice, into the synagogue of the Jews. These guys, man, they, they did not give up easily. But sometimes they would go into a town and this is what it would be like. Sometimes they were actually beaten in certain places as we see in Philippi and put in stocks and spread out so you'd begin to cramp. And the previous chapter in Acts 16 tells us that at midnight in a Philippian jail, they began singing hymns to God. There's a lot of debate about singing today. But anyway, that's another story. But they were singing in prison and the prison walls shook and the prison doors opened and God did a work. And in Thessalonica, this took place as well. Maybe you could think about, uh, if you could turn back to 1 Thessalonians, how did the gospel get here? How is it that you came to hear about Jesus Christ? You know, there were some people who got here, and one of their main concerns here in America was that the gospel would be known. And there's a lot of debate about history of America right now, and you know, and what was right and what was wrong. And there was certainly some wrong. But the original people who came here, they had a desire to worship God according to their conscience. They had a desire to make converts. And when they came and reached out to the people groups that were here, one of their main goals was to convert them to Christ. Did they do it perfectly? Was it always the best of circumstances? No. But I will tell you this, that was a lot of the drive of early America was to see that people would know the light of the gospel. And even the people who originally come here, if you hear some of the stories of the people who originally came here to find this new land, they would describe in their journals, it was discovered that they felt like they were being guided by the hand of God. I am not going to downplay some of the wrongs that took place in the country because there were wrongs. But that was the drive of many people who came here was to bring the light of the gospel to this land. That's what Paul did in Thessalonica. That's, you know, think about it this way from a positive perspective. Aren't you glad that some people came here and began to share the gospel so that you could hear the gospel? There are some lands right now that are completely dark. There are some places in the world that have never heard the name of Jesus. Never! A good portion of the world called the 1040 window have never heard the name of Jesus. And there are missionaries who are trying to go into these areas and share the gospel. And some of these areas, like Thessaloniki, uh, known as Thessalonica here, have now become uh, filled with dead orthodoxy, just to be quite candid with you. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Please take the time to visit our website, walkintruth.com, to learn more about the program. And if you've been listening for some time and appreciate what the program has to offer, would you please consider giving a small donation? Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of that support. That's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. If you're a new listener, please don't give. We're just blessed that you're listening. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful, and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on Donate. 
Join Pastor Michael Lance on Sunday, September 27th for a discussion about suicide with Stand to Reason's John Noyes. Suicide's a leading cause of death in the United States. It's an issue that's touched us all in one way or another. Whether it's something you wrestle with personally or it's a friend who's struggling, it's at the center of our cultural conversation. Join me as I seek to give you some tools to address suicide in your own life or in the life of someone who's close to you. We're going to do this by answering three questions. Why is this important? Why do people contemplate suicide? And what can we do about it? The 633 event, Thinking Biblically About Suicide, is Sunday, September 27th. For details, call 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. And there's a lot of debate about history of America right now, and you know, and what was right and what was wrong, and there was certainly some wrong, but the original people who came here They had a desire to worship God according to their conscience. They had a desire to make converts. And when they came and reached out to the people groups that were here, one of their main goals was to convert them to Christ. Did they do it perfectly? Was it always the best of circumstances? No. But I will tell you this, that was a lot of the drive of early America, was to see that people would know the light of the gospel. And even the people who originally come here, if you hear some of the stories of the people who originally came here to find this new land, they would describe in their journals, it was discovered that they felt like they were being guided by the hand of God. I am not going to downplay some of the wrongs that took place in the country because there were wrongs. But that was the drive of many people who came here was to bring the light of the gospel to this land. That's what Paul did in Thessalonica. That's you know, think about it this way from a positive perspective. Aren't you glad that some people came here and began to share the gospel so that you could hear the gospel? There are some lands right now that are completely dark. There are some places in the world that have never heard the name of Jesus. Never! A good portion of the world called the 1040 window have never heard the name of Jesus. And there are missionaries who are trying to go into these areas and share the gospel. And some of these areas, like Thessaloniki, uh, known as Thessalonica here, have now become uh, filled with dead orthodoxy, just to be quite candid with you. We have missionaries that go to these places, and they say they are so difficult to reach because places that were once alive with the gospel are now dead in dead orthodoxy. What I mean by that is they have some religious practices. They know that their roots go back to the Bible, but for all intents and purposes, they don't know the Lord. They don't have a relationship with the Lord. God forbid that that would ever happen here, that we would just go through the motions, that we would just show up at a building and then there would be no uh, evidence in our lives that we actually know Christ. That wasn't true of this church. They were on fire. They were making disciples. They had a passion for the gospel. Now, all of that is preamble, as is typical of Pastor Michael. We're in verse 1 of First Thessalonians 1. Now, I will 
defend what I just did by telling you we had to do a little bit of an introduction into the book. So we'll move, we'll move a little bit more rapidly, but take a look. Paul and Silvanus, 1 Thessalonians 1.1, 1, 1, uh, that's Silas there. So his shortened version is Silas and Timothy, three men of God, missionaries of God, wrote to the church of the Thessalonians. That's that church from Acts 17, established just by three Sabbath days. Paul could have stayed a little longer. We don't know for sure, but in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. The opening is to the church. The Greek word for church is ekklesia, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A. Literally, the church is always the called out ones, called out of Thessalonica, called to Christ. If you have been, if you become a Christian, you were called out of your previous life and called to Jesus. You're now in relationship with the uh, Father through the Son. The word grace is a beautiful word, charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, grace to you in peace. One writer says, it is one of the great Christian words, cognate with kara, or the word for joy. It basically means that which causes joy. Grace to you in peace, irene, equivalent with the Hebrew word shalom. Peace is wholeness and soundness. It signifies prosperity in the widest sense, especially, says one writer, prosperity in spiritual things. Grace to you and peace. Grace is what brings me joy in my life because I know grace means I am saved. I am right with God. Somebody said grace as an acronym is God's riches at Christ's expense. Because of the grace of God, I have peace with God. And it's not just a subjective feeling of peace. It's a position of peace before my Father. I am no longer uh, under his wrath. I'm at peace with God. I'm reconciled to God by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? There's a, that's a good place for an amen right there. Amen? I'm reconciled. God is no longer seeing me in my sin, but in his Son. Amen? And because of that, I am justified. I have peace with God, Romans 5.1, through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's established that peace. There's no peace without God's grace. And so if you have the Son, then you are right with the Father. The close connection between the Lord Jesus Christ, notice that's a title of deity, and the Father, God the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ tells you that Jesus is God, the Son, second person of the Trinity. We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers. Now, Paul was thankful for this church. There were some churches that he was troubled about, like the Galatian church. I can't believe you're departing so quickly from the gospel, Galatians 1. We studied that recently. This church made Paul happy. It's good to think about happy things, isn't it? It's good to go through a gratitude list even before your feet hit the floor in the morning. I tried to do this this morning. And I began to thank God for a roof over my head and a ceiling fan that was turning and a beautiful wife laying next to me and a dog laying right between my legs. <laughs> and I just began to kind of survey my life. Three wonderful boys, a wonderful church family the goodness of God in my life. I could start going down the list. And, you know, one of the things I do when I go down the list is I thank God for you. Because when I look at your faces, I know we are family. 
I know God has saved us and called us for this moment in time to this family in this place. And I'm realizing the older I get and the more life goes on, this doesn't last forever. People come and go. People move out of state. Uh, you know, people live and die. We've said goodbye to too many people just in the last just couple of months. There's very precious things that we take for granted on a daily basis. Like we, we know what's going to happen in a week, in two weeks, in three weeks, in six months. And folks, we don't know. How many of you could have imagined that we would be where we are right now at Christmas time? How many of you could imagine that the world would be where it is right now when you were opening gifts on Christmas morning or coming to a Christmas Eve service? Like, hey, this is what we always do. It'll, it'll just go on. It'll just be like this, will it? See, we don't, we don't know. And that's why we have to have a, a sense of urgency. But at the same time, we need to be thankful people. And Paul went down his list. You know, Paul had issues. <laughs> he, he had bodily uh, you know, thorns in his flesh. He might have had an eye problem. He was constantly under threat of death. He had difficult travel. People were not always open to what he had to say. And here's a thankful man. Oh, God, help me to be thankful. You know, as bad as it's been in the last several months, we, we got it pretty good, don't we, people? As bad as persecution has been for two millennia in the Church of Jesus Christ, 2,000 years of some really tough persecution and some really tough persecution for our brethren in other countries right now, we got it pretty good. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't fight. I'm not saying we shouldn't be praying for our culture and fighting the good fight of faith and making sure that we get the gospel out and make our voice known and, and you know use the society we are in to, to be salt and light. But I am saying we should be thankful. You've been listening to Solid and Sounding Forth God's Word, Part 2 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program or any of Pastor Michael's previous teachings, you can listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, just an FYI, Pastor Michael is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California, and you're invited to attend our Wednesday night and Sunday morning services in person or live streamed on YouTube. Join Pastor Michael and the Living Truth Christian Fellowship family in worship and an in-depth teaching in the Bible. You can find Living Truth Christian Fellowship on YouTube and by going to walkintruth.com. Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team would love it if you joined us. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a word. Well, some of you, as you hear this church, this Thessalonian church sounding forth the gospel solid, you're like, man, I haven't, I've never even shared the gospel with somebody. Maybe you're a new Christian or maybe you're, you're a secret agent Christian. <laughs> maybe you just have never felt the boldness to, to share. Well, you know what? One of the things that you can take some solace in is just planting seeds. Maybe just invite someone to church. Start praying for people that you work with. Be a little bit more strategic in looking for opportunities. Maybe share a gospel tract where you don't have to talk to someone about it, but you can just say, hey, read this when you get a chance and tell me what you think. I'd love to talk to you about this. These are some ways that you can begin to uh, reach out to those around you because uh, those around you need the hope of the gospel just like you do, just like I do. And someone took the risk to share with you, so how about we step out and share with someone. This, this gospel means everything. 
And so we have to remember that. And it's a, I believe, an act of compassion to share the gospel with people that we care about. And so um, speaking about people we care about and people who care about us, I want to acknowledge some givers to walk in truth. We have monthly partners and those who give one-time gifts, and I just want to acknowledge these precious people. And I want to take a moment to say, hey, if you can't give to Walk in Truth, but you've been praying for us and you listen and you've been sharing the program, thank you. It means a lot. But I want to acknowledge those who have taken the the time and uh, decided to put the value on this program and helping us expand to more people. And a big thank you to Danny and Van Nuys, Dennis in Los Angeles, Reynaldo in Diamond Bar, Maria in Granada Hills, Emerson in Sunland. Now, these are just some of the partners that have taken time to say, hey, Walk in Truth means a lot to me. I want to have other people hear it. I want to keep this going on my station I listen to. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it so much from the staff of Walk in Truth, from my heart. So appreciate it because we really want to see this program reach as many people as possible for the Lord's glory. So thank you for giving to this ministry. This is Pastor Michael. We'll continue moving through First Thessalonians, Lord willing, tomorrow as we look once again at the final part of Solid and Sounding Forth God's Word. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless. Now come back tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in First Thessalonians chapter 1 called Solid and Sounding Forth God's Word. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.